Welcome again to another uh, episode of Ministry Pivot. Thank you uh, for getting on. Uh, this is Reverend Russ. Uh, I am super excited to have uh, you on with us today. I'm uh, even uh, more excited. Uh, I think uh, I've been excited for every single episode, but this one uh, is near and dear because this one is talking about leadership. A lot of uh, Ministry Pivots have been talking about what it means for us as churches, as leaders to serve other people. Uh, but this one is talking about the leader themselves. And I have uh, some great guests uh, on today to talk about the conversation. I have first uh, Heather Palacios, pastor uh, at uh, one of one of the staff pastors at Church by the Glades uh, in Florida. And she'll talk uh, more about uh, her and, and what she does. I also have uh, Pastor Brian Bullock, uh, who is one of the staff pastors there at World Overcomers uh, in North Carolina. Uh, right. And he uh, will talk more about himself. And then I also have uh, one of uh, my mentors, my coach, uh, Pastor Adam Durso, who uh, serves over a bunch of ministry, a bunch of things. But he's currently with Lead uh, NYC. Uh, and so I am uh, thankful for them, thankful for uh, their uh, coming uh, on today. And I want if you all can just share uh, a little bit uh, more than I did with your intro. Uh, about kind of who you are and background in ministry. Uh, and then we'll jump into self-care in a minute. But if you can just share a little bit about who you are, uh, Pastor Heather, we can start with you. Oh, okay. Hey guys, it's nice to be uh, included in this lineup of kingdom men. So thank you. Um, <laughs> my name is Heather. Um, I live in South Florida. I am married to a Cuban and I have two kids that are half Cuban because the other half is like me, pasty, gringo, white. Um, my ministry, you know, I don't, I don't get caught up in titles. I don't, whatever. I, I'm just a grassroots person that has been trying to um, stop one more suicide uh, for, the, for the last 20 years. And it's as a woman, as, um, you know, somebody that's a survivor of many attempts herself, it's not it's not been easy, but um, I'm still here and I'm not giving up. So thank you for having me. Amen. Praise God. Thanks, Heather. Uh, Pastor Adam. Yeah, Pastor Adam Durso, a lifelong New Yorker, born and raised here. And um, I serve as the executive director of Lead NYC, which uh, is a Christian uh, leadership institution here in New York. I also serve on Mayor de Blasio's Clergy Advisory Council for the city of New York and on the pastoral staff at the Christian Culture Center under Dr. A.R. Bernard, a uh, 46,000-member church located in Brooklyn, Long Island, Florida, and uh, now across the internet. So uh, excited to be with you, man. I'm, I'm really, really excited to be here with my friend Brian, with you, Russ, all the years we know each other. And getting to meet Pastor Heather, that has been the highlight of my morning so far. Amen, amen, amen. Pastor Brian, Pastor Brian. Hey, man, I'm super excited to be here. I am born and raised Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, I currently live in Durham, Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, where I am the young adults pastor and associate pastor at World Overcomers Christian Church uh, under Pastor Andy Thompson. And uh, man, I'm I'm literally one of those church boys. Uh, started preaching when I was seven, uh, got my minister's license at 18, got ordained as a pastor when I was like 23. Uh, been married now for 13 years, have two beautiful children, uh, a five-year-old who's turning six tomorrow. Her name is Summer uh, and a four-year-old son named Brian, uh, who I love, but he needs lots of prayer. And uh, so uh, I'm just excited, man. This past spring, I was able to launch a book, release a book 
uh, called Living for Legacy. Uh, it's a message that has gone viral now on Instagram, on TikTok. Uh, and man, we've sold close to a thousand books from my mm -hmm. house during mm -hmm. quarantine because the message of legacy is powerful. And uh, it's something that I am proud to be able uh, to bring to the world, man. So I'm excited to be a part of this conversation and I uh, can't wait to get into this. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Thanks, uh, Brian. Thanks, uh, Pastor Adam. Thanks, uh, Pastor Heather. So I, I appreciate you all. And I, I said before we went live on this that uh, I, I I was writing the articles. Uh, shout out to Outreach uh, for um, a couple of weeks ago. And, and you all popped in my spirit specifically around just self-care, specifically around uh, what it means to take self-care. And, and I want to ask uh, the first question. Because uh, uh, and I, I'm gonna use Pastor Adam, but uh, Heather, I'm coming to you. Uh, Pastor Adam is, is is one of my coaches, and and so we uh, had had a conversation, and, and he he challenged me actually in a couple couple weeks ago uh, just about my self care, just about uh, really uh, how I as Russell right put aside Reverend Russ, put aside the husband, put aside the dad. Um, how I was making sure that I was good, and you said you, you said a statement. Uh, Adam, that I'm going to share with everyone is that uh, he shared that he believes, and I, I believe it now true, that this season of pandemic is not supposed to make us tired, that when we get out of this season, we should be more energized and more excited than we have been before. Um, and to be honest, several weeks ago, that wasn't going to be kind of the case. And since then, uh, you know, I've been I've been riding um, my, my bike. I got a bike been riding a bike, um, been uh, doing this stuff, been writing more stuff. Um, and so I've been helping uh, to kind of balance that out. But uh, I use that as a backdrop, Pastor Heather, for the question. And, and you, you mentioned it a little bit. And I don't think everybody knows kind of all of the work that you've been doing around uh, just helping those dealing with suicide, dealing with depression, which is a really big deal. And it's not just a big deal outside of the church. Right. It's a big deal inside the church mm -hmm. and not just inside the church. It's a big deal in the pulpit. Um, and, and, and I want to ask the question and I hope my backdrop with Pastor Adam makes sense, but I want to ask the question to you of what are some of the results when someone is not fully balanced when it comes to self-care? What are some of the impacts that you can see? I, I'm, I'm asking Pastor Heather and then, of course, we can all chime in on it. Uh, but Heather, I want you to help us kind of kind of start out in that. Sure. Great question. Um, when it comes to some of the results of lacking self-care, I'm going to go all the way in with this and say that some of those results are suicide. Um, in the last two years, I know four pastors and one pastor's wife who have taken their life. Wow. And it has shook me because those are five less people I have in the trenches with me fighting for life. Wow. And so, um, you know, I, I think that I don't I don't want to say that that's an extreme because it's also it's not an extreme. It's a reality, especially when you hold it up to the Bible, where you see people like Elijah wanted to die. Right. Moses wanted to die. Jonah wanted to die. And yet they did not take their lives. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's, it's not an extreme when it comes to lack self-care. It is a reality. It can happen. And I just really appreciate you putting this conversation together today because one more suicide in the kingdom is one too many. That's good. Yeah, That's good. Heather, not not to without attempt, right? I mean, Elijah actually prays and says, "God, you, you can kill me now. I'm 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 done." 
And I'm just thankful, right, for a God that doesn't answer every prayer. We, we'd have we'd have less people in the kingdom, you know. And so uh, Elijah, God understood that what Elijah needed was rest. He, he takes a nap. He wakes up. There's there's bread baking on coals. If, if you ever passed a bakery in the morning, there's no better smell than than than, than fresh cooked bread. There's a cool drink. What he didn't need was a sermon. What he needed was a moment to rest, to eat properly, to be refreshed in that season because he needed to be able to extend into the next thing that God had in front of him. And the minute people lose hope for the next season, mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're left to their own ineptitude. They're left to their own futility. And as a result, they start to look within instead of looking to God. And as a result, it seems like it's hopeless. Yeah, That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, Pa- Pastor Pastor Brian, um, I I I I want to ask you this question in 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 reverse. We talked a little bit about your kids, right? I, I, what what does um, and I'm, I'm gonna keep with the lack of self care, right? But we talked about the lack of self care as it pertains to us, right? But uh, you spoke about your kids, right? And I know uh, we all have uh, children. We're blessed to have children. We thank God uh, for that. But what does that look like? The lack of self care. How can that play itself out when it comes to your family, right? I, I know, I know. For me, um, there are moments when uh, my wife is a marriage and family therapist. I thank God uh, for her, uh, for she, and for for my, for my daughter. Uh, but I know there are moments when, like, I used to <clears throat> come home, right, and church was like this, and I come home and I get a. But now home is work, right? Because you can't come home, but church is still like this. You still have stuff. And I know that there are moments when I have to even recalibrate for myself because I don't want to bleed that to them. Can you talk a little bit about just, just what, 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 what you're thinking is around that? Yeah, I think one of the powerful things, I think this goes back to what you and Pastor Adam, the conversation that you guys were having and the statement that he made about us being more rested coming out of this quarantine than the way we went in. And part of that is because I don't think we really knew how tired we all were. Um, And I don't think we really knew how unhealthy we were. Uh, I was traveling, man. I was on a plane every single weekend. I was traveling all over the world. When when a speaking engagement or speaking request came into me, it was like Christmas. It was like, wow, this is amazing. This is crazy. This is great. And no lie, man, it got so hectic that by February, this is this is crazy. By February, I had actually started to develop uh, flight anxiety. Uh, hotels were starting to just become like just claustrophobic to me. Wow. Uh, I was traveling so much and it was getting harder and harder for me to leave home because I, I was starting to miss certain moments. Like when, when I was just by myself, it was one thing. But now I'm starting to miss, you know, the she learned how to ride a bike. I'm starting to learn miss man, the tooth is loose. I'm starting to miss these moments. And when quarantine happened, I was like, man, I was going fast. I didn't realize, I didn't realize that the grind mentality that we had developed, the go get it, no team, no sleep was becoming very, very unhealthy. And it was becoming less based on scripture and more based on American culture. And I thank God for the quarantine because it, it forced me to slow down. And now I was, I've, since quarantine, I've taught my son how to ride his bike. I taught my daughter how to ride her bike. I done pulled, pulled two teeth. Uh, <laughs> I done, I, I was there for the first day of kindergarten. I was there when she graduated for pre-K. These are moments that I was probably going to miss. And to be honest with you, man, I, I'm excited about going back to, uh, you know, people being able to socially, socially gather. But some of the stuff I don't miss, 
some of the stuff I probably won't go back to. My call is my call. My purpose is my purpose. That's never going to change. My wife understands that. My children understand that. I won't be myself if I'm outside of my purpose. But my priorities have, have become realigned. And that has brought so much more health to my mind, my body, and my soul. No, that's great. That's great. That's great. That's great. Uh, Pastor Adam, with 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 that comment um, that Brian just made, I want to I want to ask this question around balance. Um, and then Pastor Heather, I'm gonna come to you to kind of follow up on it in, in a different way. But what does that? Because it sounds like I know for me, we, we've committed our church. Shout out my senior pastor, uh, Pastor Watley. Uh, appreciate uh, he and his wife and 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 leadership of, of our church kingdom. Uh, but we talked about already that we're not going to go back the same way whenever we can go back, right? So we know uh, that currently when we're recording this, whether you're watching or listening, um, we know that the governors are, are allowing states to like fully go into phase three and phase four, whatever that looks like. But uh, we're not going to fully go back that way. But one of the things we're talking about is there's some things in this season that we've learned that we're going to hold on to, right? Yeah. There's some pieces that we're going to hold on to. So my question to you is, is there a balance between your work and your pastoral life, right? And your and in your family life in this self-care, or is it like one stream? Um, what how how should leaders and pastors be looking at that? You know, and I think I think to your to what you just said, Reverend Russ, is that what we learned in this season we can't forget in the next season. That was one of Israel's biggest problems, right? Every right. time they face an issue they seem to forget when the next issue arises what God taught them in the other season. And we've got to make sure that what we've learned in this current season, that we just don't drop it and go back to life as usual and life as normal. Like Pastor Brian said, it was unhealthy. Uh, a lot of the uh, ways that we were we were behaving, the way we were um, pushing our bodies. I mean, but really the statement that I gave you and challenged you, as, as I said to you when we were doing our coaching session, it was a challenge to me. I mean, the question was, if we have a stay-at-home order, does God want us to leave this season more exhausted than we came into it? And yeah. I was. I was more exhausted. I felt like, you know, after last year, traveling on the road 130 days and all the things that we were doing and preaching and teaching and all over the globe. And then now all of a sudden you're home. The things that you enjoy most, the things that even though you might have been physically exhausted, they were they were filling your bucket emotionally. They were filling your bucket socially. They were filling your bucket mentally and spiritually because you were you were preaching. And so even though we all know the feeling of being exhausted after preaching three, four times on a Sunday, there was also energy given and life given yeah. in those moments because you felt like you was imparting something. And as the distance between work and and home has gotten shorter, for many of us, you just we go downstairs or we we walk down the corridor of a hallway and all of a sudden we're in we're in work work. It, it really is more important now to establish discipline and boundary uh, because the lines are being blurred. And and when we th talk about balance, it's not just about balance saying, well, I gave X number of time to my work, so I'm going to give X number of time to our family. Because oftentimes the issue is that we're not fully present when we are with our family. We're distracted. We're It's not just the amount of time we're giving them. We're giving them the leftover time or we're giving them the time when we're exhausted, when we want to zone out. We're giving them distracted time. So we're we're, we're kind of present, but we're yeah. also thinking about the 15 other things that we want to be doing in that moment. And so I, I would just say an answer to the question, balance is necessary, but multitasking is a myth. We need to be fully present in whatever moment we're in. When I'm with my family, I must choose to be in this moment 
fully present for my wife and for my three children. I've got three teenagers. I told you one of them just went off to university. That's killing us right now. I don't even know how to live. He's been my armor bearer. He's traveled the world with me. He's been to Africa three times. I got, I got, I got two others that are, are, are 16 and 15. I need to be fully present for them, not distracted and trying to say to myself, well, I, I, I give myself a pass because I was there, but I wasn't really there. That's good. No, that's good. That's good. That, that's really good. Pa Pastor Heather, I'm, I'm going to, I told you, I'm going I'm I'm to I'm add you in on this part of it from the aspect is you you opened with really where, where I believe is one of the, I think God has given all of us several different purpose ministries. Um, but one of the ones, Pastor Heather, that I can't find anybody else that's doing it uh, more consistently than you uh, is on the, the, uh, the awareness of depression, the awareness of suicide. Yeah. Um, and prevention. And I think that this self-care piece, if not done the correct way, is the, like like you said, the ultimate extreme, the other side. So my, my question is, I asked Pastor Adam about the balance and he talked about being fully present and I appreciate that to think that's awesome. Uh, but I want to ask you the question though, when it comes to self-care or the lack thereof from the people who you've seen. You named uh, some families and, and you named those families who were uh, leaders. And so there are probably hundreds of people who are impacted by them not being here anymore. Right. I, I, I want to ask you the question, what are some signs or some triggers that those who are watching or those who are listening can say to them? Because a lot of the times what we say is, ah, that won't be me. What we say is, oh, I'm praying for them. But I, I don't think we, again, I had one conversation with Pastor Adam. After that conversation, I talked to my wife. Um, and then I made some decisions to pivot, obviously the word I'm going to use forever. Um, but I, my, my <laughs> question uh, to you is, what are some signs or some triggers that those who are watching or those who are listening uh, can pay attention to um, as we enter into this season that we honestly don't know when it's going to end? But we do know one thing that the church and the gospel still has to go forward. And I know I've been seeing churches work harder or at least more visible in this season. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a great question. And there's very clinical signs for um, somebody that might be suicidal. And, you know, we can attach, a, a, you know, a PDF that I have that will break those down. Yeah. But we're talking ministry here. So we're talking, you know, uh, people that are closely walking with Jesus. What are those symptoms? That kind of stuff's not out there as much, if at all. And so I've been forced to discover myself, what are my symptoms? And the onus has been on me That's to good. communicate those to my three people. Now, why do I have three people? Because when you look in the gospels, the most mentally anguishing day Jesus himself had was in the garden and even though he had followers of thousands and he had a squad of 12 in the most mentally duressed moment he had three and so uh i have you i've used that model and so my three are my pastor my husband my psychologist and when i start to slip down the slope i have i i i gotta let them know um and then they know what they need to do in their respective roles. But for the, you know, what can, what can somebody do that might be living with a pastor? I, some real general things, if, if you want to talk about what they can do, do they start to withdraw? Do they um, start to give away gigs 
Are they giving away traveling speaking opportunities? Are they giving away their books? Um, are they um, are they short tempered when they're usually more more docile? Um, are they um, are they have they started to drink or indulge in any kind of substance that's helping them escape the darkness in their mind? Pornography, drugs, alcohol, pills. You know, um, a wife's gonna know that kind of stuff. Mm. A wife's gonna know. That's good. That, 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 that's that's um, that's really helpful. And, 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 and all of these things. And I, I think I, I didn't say it in the beginning, but if you're listening and you're watching everything that um, I, I, I there'll be show notes and you'll have uh, in the show notes some links to the stuff that we're talking about. So Pastor Heather uh, will we'll share that 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 PowerPoint or that 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 guide that you have uh, in, in the show notes. Um, let, me, let me ask this question uh, before we pivot into the into the three questions that I, I, I spoke about earlier uh, for you all. But uh, Pastor Brian, I, I, I asked you uh, and, and laid as I think a part of self-care uh, is also, again, not just what we do for us, but what we do for those who are coming behind us. Uh, and you just released this book that you mentioned earlier on uh, called Legacy. And I, I want you to talk uh, not necessarily all about the book. I want folks to get the book. I don't want, you know, I folk try to hear you say, OK, I know what the book is. I ain't got to get it. I don't want to as, as, a, as, as an author publisher. I get it. I'm not I'm not going to do that. Uh, but <laughs> but but I do want to talk and I do want to ask you specifically around the importance of legacy for your self-care. And let me um, pivot it by saying this. Right. I. Uh, remember as well when the when the the quarantine first started that one one of the one of the joys that I had was being able to spend and take uninterrupted time from with, with my daughter right and and there's things that I know that she's gonna remember from this season years to come that me uh, because I only met my dad three times literally uh, and met him as a, as an adult before before he passed away um, that I know she's gonna remember that I have that I'm not gonna have any recollection of. Uh, but I, 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 but from that aspect of legacy, I want you to kind of uh, share a little bit, because I, I believe a part of that is probably what prompted you to kind of write that book uh, so that we can set that up for ourselves. Yeah, it's funny. I, I, I posted something uh, maybe a, a few weeks ago on my Instagram. I, I posted something about, I think I was given like tips from a recovering people pleaser. Uh, I, I am, I am a, a, a a people pleaser at my core. And it's something that I had to work myself out of uh, because part of people pleasing is the idea of I'm going to do for you. I'm going to, I got to make sure you're okay. I got to make sure that that doing for you makes me happy. Right. And I think that sometimes what we end up doing is we end up uh, uh, doing everything for the church and doing everything for the ministry and doing everything for this business and doing everything for that company. And then when we look back at our lives, our family, our homes, our names, our stuff, we realize we completely ignored it in the name of pleasing everyone else. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had to come to realize that my name mattered, my life mattered, my kids mattered. Uh, that as a young adult pastor, I cannot be the spiritual father to all these kids in the nation and all these young adults in the world and then ignore, ignore my own children. And so legacy was the idea of me saying, okay, here I am. I'm, I'm, I'm giving my best self. I love what you said, Pastor Adam, about, about leftovers. I'm giving my best self to every person in the world and I'm giving the leftovers to the people that matter the most. And at the end of the day, what I've learned about the church 
And this is one of the hard truths about the church is the hard truth about ministry is ministry goes on without you. You don't, we don't, we don't really want to believe that we want to believe it stops when we're done. But I preached many funerals of generals and we went and got chicken afterwards. We went and we went and planned the next conference. Right. The yeah. week of the funeral. And so yeah. you realize that the church wasn't necessarily my legacy. My legacy was those people at home. My legacy was those three. My legacy was my wife. And so for me, the idea was, hey, if I am going to pass myself down, I can share myself with the world. That's fine. But let me pass myself down my values, my principles, my beliefs, my time to the people that God has assigned me to first. And that's my family, not just my wife and children, but my sphere, right? My mom, my dad, my siblings, my 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 circle. And since I've done that, it is again just made me more uh, healthier, and it's made me serve in a better way because now I'm not serving to get validation from you. I'm serving because I enjoy giving out of the fullness that I've received from my own life and my own home. And that's why I think it's so so profound. No, that's I, I think I think that 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 is that 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 is that's awesome. Um, I want to I want to I want I want to say a piece. So there, there there's a pivot that we did on on connection. And uh, Pastor Larry Bry from Elevation Church said this thing. Uh, and Pastor Larry, uh, I hope you're you're watching, or somebody tell you that I'm using it. I gave, gave you credit uh, because he said this thing that I told I was going to use again. He actually, and it talks about the recognition, right? Um, because a part of self-care is us feeling like validated. But at some point we get the validation wrong, right? At some point we get the validation wrong because we look at it from other people. And the truth is that that, that validation, I think even to bring in what Pastor Heather said, should be from those three who are closest to us, right? But more importantly, it should be from God. And so one of the things that he does uh, that I wrote in those show notes, which I think is super awesome, is he has a folder on his phone where he takes pictures um, that that don't make it to Instagram, don't make it to Facebook, don't make it anywhere. It's it's a private gallery where he knows he's doing what God has called him to do and it's only for him. And that private gallery encourages him in moments when he needs to, but it's something that he's doing for him and for nobody else. And I think that that brings in that 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 recognition and, and that legacy. And I think it, it lifts it to to another space. And so I, I just wanted to mention that because uh, again, if you're watching or you're listening, uh, all of the pivots have been truthfully uh, great, great leaders speaking through stuff. But that's one of the pivots that I think uh, is truthfully helpful, how we look at recognition. Uh, Pastor Adam, though, let me let me let me ask you this question. Uh, Pastor Heather talked about some practical pieces uh, when it comes to uh, looking at self-care and looking at like suicide prevention and looking at depression. But 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 let me ask you on, on the you know, we, we've we've heard the term several years um, burnout. Right. Church, church burnout. Because sometimes we don't say the term suicide, say the term depression. We'll say, well, I just feel a little burnt out or people are burning out. But but what what are some things that you've seen in ministry that you would warn uh, pastors and leaders? Again, I, I want this to be practical. Right. Ministry pivot is supposed to be helpful for whoever's listening. And uh, what, what are some things that you would warn leaders or pastors about when it comes to burnout? What are some signs for them? 
Uh, I think that Pastor Heather said some things that are super awesome when it comes to uh, the, 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 the other influences influencing you the wrong way. So when it comes to liquor, it comes to pills, it comes to pornography, it comes to uh, giving stuff away that you should pride yourself on. But but are, are, are there some other pieces as it comes to burnout where you may not fully be there, but you're, you're close? Uh, and, and these are things that you need to uh, kind of think through as you're worrying about, not worrying about, but as you're concerned about your self-care. So the, the biblical framework for, I think, what we're talking about right here, I think is really interesting. When you look at Luke's gospel at the very, very end, the, the Bible talks about the ascension of Jesus. That's where he tells the largest crowd in his post-resurrection form um, to go and make disciples of all nations. But in Luke's gospel, it's very specific that as he's telling that he is blessing them, they mm -hmm. don't have to go and make disciples to attain blessing. They are leaving from blessing or from affirmation. They are leaving from the place of know that they have already pleased God because we are hid with Christ in God to be able to then do the work that God's called us to do. And as somebody in, in my own life who's grown up and, 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 and probably leaned or, or bent toward a workaholic type situation thinking that well if i just put in 60 or 65 hours a week i'm going to somehow please god i grew up um hearing in my own home and heard from the pulpit you take care of god's house god will take care of your house that is not a true statement that is not found in the bible the same way that um you know you know god helps those that help themselves that's not in the bible that those are not verses and so what we did was we excused the fact that we weren't home and that the phone would ring at any moment. We had the savior mentality that we somehow had to had to answer and meet every need similar to what Pastor Brian was alluding to. And the truth of the matter is burnout comes when the work of God in you is less. The input of what God is doing in you is less than what you're trying to do for God. And so when you then begin to outpace that, you now start to begin to lean, whether we like it or not, on the arm of the flesh. Matter of fact, Pastor Heather alluded to it before. She said, you know, these are ministry people, people that are supposed to be closest to God. Well, I, I got to be honest with you. A lot of times ministers confuse their performance with their relationship with God. And so Good. we've got great cadence in the pulpit and we've got tremendous altar calls or or people shouting us down and saying amen or if you're like pastor brian you can sing the house down and prophesy and do the 50 million things he can do so much better than i can and 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 the truth of the matter is rev is that if if we're if, if we're not cognizant of the dichotomy between yeah. what we do for god and the work of god that's being done in us burnout is inevitable and so what we do is we have this hole in the bucket where we're being drained, we're, we're being we're, we're being pulled on, right? We're, we're we're ministering to people, and then when we feel like we don't have enough time, we actually stop doing the things that fill our bucket, and start concentrating more on the things that empty our bucket. And as a result, we're ministering not out of overflow, not not out of the the, the oil flowing over. We're ministering out of a depleted place, constantly running on E with the light on, saying, no, but I just got to do this for Jesus. And that is not the framework that the gospel has given us to minister from. No, that's that's great. That's great. That's Ross, great. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Go, ahead. go, 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 I gotta, go. I need a second to just digest what this man, <laughs> what he just, we can't just rush back. I mean, yeah. good God. You know, when people come to me sometimes, they say, man, what? They say, what would what would you if you were starting over again? What would you wish someone would have told you? This is it. That is exactly what I wish somebody told me. I'm sorry. I just have to. Yeah. I have to no. process. And Pastor Brian, let's be honest, right? So it's it's 25 years of ministry for me in New York. There's a lot of skid knees. I got 
20 years of marriage that a lot of it wasn't great. You know what I'm saying? You don't hear that stuff because pastors yeah. want to put on this persona, especially in the day and age with social media, where we got to put up this pseudo front that everything is fine. And, you know, we just show the, the ESPN highlight reel of our life. And the truth of the matter is, no, there were a lot of times that I, I wish I would have been a better husband, a better dad. I, you know, there are far, there are times I look back and say, man, I could have preached a better sermon, but I'm not thinking back and saying, man, I really regret my ministry performance. I, I regret the stuff that I did that was related to my, my marriage, my, my children, how I just wasn't, I wasn't taking the time. And it somehow was motivated by, I'm going to please God instead of understanding, no, my ministry comes from a place that I've already been accepted. I've already been blessed. I'm already a son. I've already been affirmed by the Father. And so from that place, I'm able to minister out of that overflow. No, that, that's great. That's great. That's great. Pastor Heather, I see you, you turned me yeah. off. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I'll, t I'll just share from personal examples. You know, there has been two times in my uh, tenure with, in ministry where I was isolated. Um, in the year 2000, if we don't have to get into my testimony, but I, I did attempt suicide in front of my husband and was locked up in a psychiatric ward in isolation, and I needed to be. But it was it was in that isolation. And then also uh, about seven years ago, I had a, a pastor that was a hater. Can you believe that? That's like mm -hmm. a contradiction of terms. Come no. On. Come, <laughs> on. Come on, somebody. Come on. So anyway, this pastor, he was he was a hater and he was also um, a hacker and went into my blog and my Twitter and my Facebook and my entire online presence and swiped it off the face of the earth. Wow. And so I went from a hero with my blog and my social media at night and I woke up the next morning. I was a fat zero. I was a, there was nothing at wow. all anywhere. In those two moments of having nothing and no one and no audience, I have learned the hard way. I have everything I need in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. End of story. Amen. I, I am still fearfully and wonderfully made. I am still heir to the throne in heaven. I am still victorious. I am still chosen. I am still more than a conqueror. You can't take that stuff away from me, whether I'm in a psych ward, a pandemic isolation, or a nobody on social media. Barring all that, I am still the daughter of a king. Amen. And I, I put so all my I put all my stock in that. That's awesome. So that, that, that's awesome. That's awesome. So good. That 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 and I think that that's needed. And and Pastor Heather, that's I'm gonna. So I'm gonna. Uh, uh, Y'all gonna tie the same as well. I'm gonna pivot again. Uh, but the, the the question I have though, and for each of them, I want all of us to answer, answer the question. I, I'll, I'll start it. Is Pastor Adam said some stuff. Pastor Heather, you closed it with 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 the Christ piece of it, which which is which is what needs to be paramount to all of it. But what are some things? Because Pastor, the, the image I had, Pastor Adam, is of a, a balloon filled with water and small holes being popped in it and it's seeping out. And if it doesn't get more water, right, it's just gonna seep out. And the seep out is us serving people, but us getting us getting it is from Christ. My, my question to us is, what are some of the things that we do personally, right, that help to fill our balloon so that we can then be, because I don't think it's about necessarily patching up those holes because at those holes lead to other people getting what they need, 
But the problem is when we don't have what we need, we can't get them what they need. And obviously what we need is Christ. But my question is, what are some practical things? Like I know for me, again, our conversation with Pastor Adam, really I, I mess around and make you co-founder of Ministry Pivot because it was after that conversation that I was pushed to, 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 to really do this because it's been in my head. It's been a thing, but I didn't. And, and I realized it was one of the things along with prayer, along with uh, you know my, my devotion time and, and my time just being thankful uh, was me being able to use my gift, right? Me being able to push uh, this thing out. The other thing that I know for me in self-care uh, is, of course, spending time with my family, but also spending time with me, right? And so we, we, we joked before uh, about uh, I, I started cycling recently and, and I, I, got a comp- I, I got a problem, right? Competition, I, I got an issue. So, you know, if y'all judging me online, uh, it's okay. But <laughs> so I, I, I got a problem. So I started into this cycling thing and now, you know, I'm doing 20, 30, 50 miles a time. Like at, but before this season is out, I'm saying it publicly, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to attempt to do 100 miles at, at a time. But 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 it's one of the things that gives me energy, right? It's one of the things that, and it's also one of the things like while I'm riding, right? I'm not listening to junk, right? I'm listening. I can't do podcasts. I want to be focused because uh, some of y'all don't know how to drive with bikes around you. Uh, but I, 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 I am in a, a different space and that gives me more energy than it does take away, right? It, it puts me in, in a different space. So my question is for us, um, what are some of the things that practically that we do right? That Adam does, that Brian does, that Heather does, that for people to hear, right? Because sometimes they see us and each of us, God has blessed us with platforms to be able to speak from and preach from, but I don't think they often hear, like nobody would know unless you brought it up that, um, you know, I cycle, that I, you know, am doing good, but I, I have a normal life. Like I'm, I still got to bring the trash in when, the, when it's trash day, right? Like I'm not special. Um, so uh, Pastor Adam, I'm 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 gonna ask you, and then Pastor Heather, Pastor Brian, y'all can go either way y'all want. But what are what are what are two or three practical things that you all do in order to fill that self care bucket? Yeah, I think I mean just real practically. Number one, I had to choose to enjoy things without feeling guilty, like I was not paying attention to something. I had to choose, uh, and and if for me, if I don't schedule it it doesn't happen. So I have to actually put things in my schedule. So I put my devotional time in my schedule. I put my sharpen the saw time in my schedule. What is it for me to be sharp mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally? Um, because of your writing, man, I'm, 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 I'm out there, man. I told you, uh, I, I'm, I've been challenged by you to, um, to start getting out there and, and walking. And then uh, I've got the bikes tuned up and, and ready to go, man. So uh, I, that's, that's a highlight for me. The, the other big thing, for me, is I've been a restaurant connoisseur. I grew up in the food industry. My my family comes from a food business. They've been on the Food Network and throw down with Bobby Flay and all that. Uh, best ravioli in New York. And so I grew up uh, from 11 years old working in that environment. So um, because restaurants were shut down, I started to cook and particularly cook with my 15 year old daughter. She became my sous chef. We started to cook together, and in my home, uh, my family actually prefers that I would do the cooking. And so I, I had a hard stop at one point in my schedule. Didn't mean I wouldn't come back at some point in the yeah, evening. Yeah. I had a hard stop to make sure that we could eat together, that we were going to eat as a family, uh, and that I was going to cook. And then uh, that kind of rolled into dining with Durso and, and rolled out on Instagram and some stuff. But the truth of the matter That's is, cool. it really was just something that filled my bucket. I love getting on the grill. I love cooking from scratch. I love spending the time with my daughter and, and what that did for me. And it 
It was about filling my bucket in that moment and choosing not to feel guilty because I was choosing to neglect something else so that I can make sure I was filling myself with something I enjoyed. That's great. That's great. That's, That's great. That's great. That's great. Um, That's great. I, I love walking. I actually walk about 30 minutes. I try to walk 30 minutes a day every day. Um, where I'm listening to something, where I'm getting air, uh, because I'm in North Carolina, it allows me to always have weather that's good enough to pretty much uh, go for a walk in. Um, I think one of the things for me, I I will go to Barnes and Nobles, man. I am a book junkie, and so for me, I'll just go to Barnes and Nobles, give me some coffee and Barnes and Nobles, and I will just sit in there uh, and just enjoy myself and just have a great time. Uh, but to be honest, man, this has been a struggle. Like I, finding a hobby is extremely hard, especially for a person in ministry or someone like me. So uh, I'm actually not going to uh, play the, the the perfect role here. Uh, <laughs> if anybody out there has got a hobby, you think I need to explore <laughs> other than cycling? Uh, <laughs> then, I'm going to text uh, you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still open. I'm I'm still looking. Uh, I have I have uh, been against PlayStations uh, forever, right? Because just it was a picture of laziness or a picture of you know sleeping on your mother's couch with your PlayStation. And the other day, I was at someone else's house, and the father is is playing PlayStation with his son. And when I saw that, my son looked kind of excited by it, you know, and I've just been Mr. Now nah, we don't do no PlayStation. <laughs> and so when I saw it, they were like, they're having so much fun. And I've been against it, but I'm, I'm buying a PlayStation and me and my <laughs> son are going to play some games together uh, because I'm willing to do anything at this, at this moment to, cool. to have that quality time. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Pastor Heather. That's really, yeah. So you guys both shared things I wrote down for myself. You know, uh, mine's going to come more from somebody that um, struggles, you know, you know, mentally often. So, I, you know, it is what it is. But two things that I would, I would say is uh, if you ever feel angst or anxiety, um, wherever you are at, I practice what I call um, inhale, exhale, Jesus. And so Jesus is, is Jesus. It's two syllables. So I will inhale on the G and I will exhale on the thus. Um, and that is very calming for me. And it doesn't cost any money and I could be doing it and not look like a freak show. So um, I, that's the one thing I do. Well, I might still look like a freak show. You know, <laughs> Um, the other thing I do is I have turned my, I, years ago, I decided to turn my car into a temple. Um, I, I just decreed that if, if I'm, you know, a lot of times the enemy will whisper in my car because I haven't made it a sanctified place. I'm playing my Chicago booty shaking music and I'm, you know, giving the, the number one finger to people that are driving slow, whatever. I, and I was like, that's got to go. So the my car is the temple on wheels. I'm praying. I'm singing. I'm listening to messages, sermons. I'm going to start listening to Rev Russ and Rev Durso and Pastor Brian Bullock. I'm going to listen to I'm going to listen to the blessing 5,000 times like it's karaoke on crap. <laughs> but my car is a temple Amen. of the Holy Spirit, and it is not. 
a vehicle for the enemy to whisper to me to give up. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let me, um, so I'm a, let's shift into, um, see, I use the word shift and not pivot. Let's shift into the, uh, the, the last three points, right. That I, I want to, and again, uh, for those of you who are listening, for those of you who are watching, uh, there are going to be show notes, uh, on ministry, uh, on, on, on ministrypivot.com and under this lesson specifically, but uh, I want to ask of everyone and we can go in any order, uh, the three questions. The first question, uh, is in looking at the ministry pivot of self-care. Uh, I think we talked about some hows, but if there was a how that is missing, um, if someone needs to evaluate or someone needs to take charge of their self-care now, uh, the question is how, how would we, what are some practical things that we would tell them to do after how we're going to talk about resources and then we're going to talk about future. Um, so if you want to answer it all in one, that's fine. Uh, but I, I do want to deal with the practical of the how, if somebody is listening now, watching now, saw it later on, uh, somebody shared, somebody's friend shared it with them, uh, and said, Hey, this ministry pivot on self-care, something that you need to do. And then, okay, well, how do I start? Anybody? I'll go. I'll go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, if you are practically speaking, entertaining thoughts of giving up, you need to get an appointment with a Christian therapist. Great. Period. And if I can help anybody, I've got a lot of resources, a lot of networks, reach out to me. I will help you find one. Thanks. Awesome. 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 Thank you, Pastor Adam. Go ahead, Pastor Adam. No, go for it, Brian. Yeah, I was going to say uh, accountability, right? And and I and I I can divvy this up in many ways, but I I'll, I'll put it on this one. You got to actually have real friends. Um not not Instagram friends, not Facebook friends, and not fans. And I'm finding that we are a generation that wants fans. And fans are people who only affirm us, only clap and 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 congratulate us and never really uh, challenge us or know the real us. And you need one friend that you can be naked in front of. You need one friend that knows you're ugly. You need one friend that knows your flaws. You need one friend that you don't have to impress. And I'm amazed in ministry. If I, if there was ever a thing that I saw more than anything, it is uh, ministers who don't have an actual friend. We have peers and we have people that we you know, travel, but we have people that we, you know, like to compete with and like to like to say we associate with, but a real friend, not at all. So uh, I'm fortunate and blessed to have some some real friends in my life who if when I'm not preaching, when I'm not singing, when I'm not a superstar, when I'm not writing books, our friendship is still intact. And so I would I would start there. Uh, along with what Pastor Heather said, because what she said was was genius. Yeah. yeah, I echo what both you said and to what Pastor Brian said. Um, you know, you hear, you know, uh, leadership is lonely. And leadership is only lonely if you want it to be lonely. You can choose to not do ministry alone, not do leadership alone. And so for me, um, I, I feel like you have to have three different spheres in your life. You need to have a Paul, you need to have a Timothy, you need to have a Barnabas. Uh, the Barnabas type is is what Pastor Brian said. That's that 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 brother that can, you know, in, in my life, that can see me for all my warts, still love me, still encourage me, still affirm me. I've got those guys in my life. I count them on um, on, on one hand, and, and those guys, they, they're just they're ride or die. I've got um, 
Timothy's in my life that I pour into because that's life-giving for me. If I just stockpile everything God is doing in my life and I've got nowhere um, to, to, to house it, to give it away to, that's not healthy. We're not called to be a reservoir. We're called to have rivers of living water. Rivers flow. So you got to get stuff and then give it. That's also part of self-care. But the last part is I need a Paul in my life. I don't need somebody who's just been in ministry as long as me. I need some some people that have been in ministry longer than me that have the absolute right to call me out on anything they want to call me out on, can call me and ask me any question and know that I have to be brutally honest with them. And mm-hmm. I've got those people in my life, whether it's my pastor, A.R. Bernard, whether it's Reverend Scott Jackson down in Tennessee. Um, there are um, Nikki Cruz. There, there are guys in my life that have, have, have been with me. They are, I'm accountable to them. They're, they're people that help me to stretch and reach up and say, you know what, Adam, you know, listen, talent's great. But at some level, everybody's talented. You need somebody that's going to cause you to reach beyond that and say, you know what, you, you've got to stretch. And those pauls in my life cause me to stretch and reach up. And so I think practically everybody in their life needs a Paul, they need a Timothy, and they need a Barnabas. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's great. That's great. And I'm, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to add to that and just, just hone in on the on the Paul part. Um, I, I've said it probably two or three times in this, and I, I don't mind continuing saying Pastor Adam is one of my coaches, right? So, um, and 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 it's and it's not a coach where like I call him every now and again, which I still do, and he picks up, and I appreciate it. Um, but it, it's it's a it's an agreement. It, it's 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 a hey, um, I, I need you to do this, and then he needs me to do something that that that's going to cost me something, uh, but it's helpful as, as I grow. I also have. Uh, my own pastor, uh, Pastor Watley, uh, who's dope. I have Pastor Tony Lee, who's dope. I, I can go through the list of people who I I, I am, as Pastor Brian said, accountable to. Uh, and then the one thing, and I, I'll share it, and honestly, is that I I need uh, my wife is a marriage and family therapist. But every now and again, we we need to check in with someone who's clinically trained as well. Um, it, 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 and it, you don't have to have anything wrong with you. Uh, you just have to have uh, to make sure that you want to be better and you want to stay maintained, right? If it, 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 you want to continue uh, the car and so you get the oil change. And that's one of the things that actually I put on a list uh, and, and this conversation is making me put it back on. And so uh, some of y'all uh, check with me on that. But, 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 but the how, so that's great. Are there any resources? Are there any tools that somebody can grab uh, now that, again, I'll put in the show notes that you all will recommend for people to be able to get to help them with their self-care? Anybody? I mean, you can always go get this book, you know, that somebody wrote. <laughs> <laughs> brother, brother, I am not. I mean, <laughs> Is the link in the chat the link the Amazon link to go purchase that? It will be. It will be. It will be. It will be. It is. It is in the chat. I I heard this quote uh, uh, many years ago, and I and it's one of the quotes from my life. You will be the exact same person you are five years from today, except for the people that you meet in the books that you read. And I just find that the people that I have met in the books that I have read have had the most impact on my life. So I believe in books. I believe in meeting new people. And so I wrote a book called Living for Legacy and shameless plug. I just believe that if you are a person who's looking for a resource and you're saying, all right, I need to start to uh, uh, reshift my mindset. That's where it starts. It starts with a a change in thinking. Uh, We're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Uh, I just believe that this material, that this content uh, is something that will help shift your mindset so that at least you can start asking the right questions 
And uh, you can start prioritizing things in, in a way that's in alignment with your wholeness and with what God has for you. Uh, and you're not just living based on what you're seeing on social media or what everyone expects from you. So living for legacy, brianandbullock.com, get it from Amazon. I think it's a huge resource. It'll be it'll, it'll be in the show notes too. So when this when this goes up, uh, you'll be able to click the show notes and take a link right there. Uh, awesome. And, and any other tools or resources? Um, I would suggest two resources. One is a really simple tool that's diagnostic. It, it's just um, six questions, but I think everybody in ministry needs to have this. It's a diagnostic tool to determine if the person that is reaching out to you is suicidal. Okay. Um, I, this should be out there the way CPR is out there. Okay. And so it, I would be happy to have you include that in the notes so that everybody can have it. Yep, it'll be in the yep. notes. The other thing I would um, strongly put out there is a toll-free pastoral care line that is available that um, anybody that is in pastoral care can call not to give help, but to get help. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, I'm, I've used it and okay. I'm a satisfied customer. And so I can't say enough about that. Okay. What, 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 what is the number just so people can hear it or the link? It is 877-233-4455. Five, five. All right. I'm going to put it in the notes as well. You'll send me all of the stuff. I'll put it together. Uh, but I wanted people to, to hear it. You know, sometimes we're listening to this in the gym and we don't, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, cool. Uh, Pastor Adam. Yeah, I just, um, to what you said before, Reverend Russ, I, I think everybody should be in some kind of formal coaching relationship. Um, get somebody that's going to make you better. Get somebody that can speak truth into your life and formalize it. Don't just call them when you need to. Is If you're waiting until the moment of crisis to call them, it's too late. Um, by being in a formal coaching relationship, you're in a situation where you have a rhythm, where you're connecting, where somebody's checking in with you, and they're not worried about your ministry performance. They're worried about you, how to make you better. That's what a genuine coach does. And so um, I just encourage you to get a coach. Make sure you have a coach in your life. Formalize that relationship. Have at least a monthly check-in on a regular basis and have that ongoing in your life so you're not waiting for crash and burn. You're not waiting for crisis before you call for help. Yeah, no, that's dope. That's dope. And you, one thing to that. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, I think that one of the things that have helped me a lot is I constantly take personality tests. So mm-hmm. I've taken the DISC test, D-I-S-C. Uh, I recently took an Enneagram, uh, found out that I'm a type three for anybody who knows about Enneagram. Um, but I have actually found great comfort in uh, discovering more about how I'm wired so that I know some of my own triggers mm-hmm. and I know kind of what environments work best for me and what personalities work best for me. And I'm able to communicate and articulate my style to other people because there are certain things about me that I may that other person, another person may think is strange or is weird when really it's just a, a quirk of my personality. And if I explain it to you, uh, you'll have a better time working around it. So uh, I'm all about strength finders or finding some type of personality test to help you articulate yourself in a better way to other people. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So la- 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 last question. Um, and I'm going a, I'm to a do two at one. Um, so we talked about the how. We talked about the resources or the tools. And we'll put those in, in the show notes. Um, but where do we see the future of um, pivoting self-care look like? In, in this season where 
Um, some states are opening up. We talked about that in the beginning. Uh, we talked about some states are kind of kind of retracting back now. Uh, some of the stuff that, that they opened up, uh, but the church is still going to be the church. We still got to preach the gospel. You got to preach uh, whether it's uh, in a room by yourself, whether it's in a room with a couple people with masks. Um, where do we see uh, uh, self care in, in the future? Where where do we see this pivot going in the future? What what nuances or what changes do we see happening or, or do we see anything happening? Is everything we said today probably going to continue and need to keep? But are there some things that we think that we should be mindful of uh, as we uh, try to get a hold of this? Uh, but as we get a hold of it, it, it it's still going to move. Anybody? Yeah, Re Reverend Russ, I'll say this. Everything that's been shared has been absolutely phenomenal. Great practical tools. Those things are still going to be there. What I see in the future, though, is a need for greater discernment between fame and significance. My Ooh. pastor, A.R. Bernard, oftentimes reminds me, fame comes in a moment, greatness comes with longevity. And so because of the rise of all of the social planners and platforms and all of these things that seem to make somebody just hit the stratosphere and we confuse charisma with anointing and don't know how to differentiate the two where charisma is just about somebody who can move the crowd and anointing is about somebody who can move the heart and change their life. Reverend Russ, we are going to need a greater level of discernment in the future. How to discern that it's not just fame that we're longing for, but we're longing for greatness and significance. We want to minister to this generation like David and be great for the kingdom of God and not just be famous. To me, the trajectory and where it's heading is we have people, ministers particularly, longing for fame instead of what really matters. That's good. That's good. That's good. Pastor yeah, Heather that. over there. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Heather's on mute. <laughs> she is. I think she gave me an amen. She did. Yeah, I, I, I think that I personally, and I know there are some people who do not agree with me, but I think the walls have come down. I, I think that the mega church, the mega ministry, the big buildings, the jumping in cars, going to 10 locations in, in, in three hours. I, I just think that that has come to a halt and people will try to continue it. But I just don't think that it's going to be the same as it once was. Uh, I think now, man, people really want uh, to be a part of a local church. They want to be a part of of a community of people uh, that are like minded, that are going somewhere. And I, I just think the whole uh, name dropping and I'm down with so and so and I've been here. I just think that people are going to care less for it uh, more and more. There are too many options. There are too many. I can just go on YouTube and listen to somebody famous. Uh, if I'm going to your church or if I want to be a part of your ministry, is it, it is because of the relationships and the connections that are there that I cannot get from somebody on YouTube. And so I actually think, man, that uh, churches are going to be more powerful, but I think they're going to be smaller. I think I think I think there's I think the smaller church is actually going to be more powerful. And I go to a mega church, but we are recognizing even at our mega church uh, that. Uh, there are certain things that we have to recognize from a community level that we have to recognize uh, from a personal level. Listen, even during quarantine, where people still getting married, people are still getting buried, children still got to get dedicated, people still need communion, people still got to get. These are things that I think the local church is going to step up in greater than ever. That's great. That's great. Pastor Heather. 
the only thing that I, I can think of going forward is is that social media is either going to stay where it's at or it's going to get even more crazy. And it takes me back to the Bible verse that's that I memorized that says we don't deserve the praise. The Lord alone deserves all the praise. And so what I what I try to do when I'm around students or my sons, I have two teenage sons, is I I tact with tactileness, with eye contact, with a hand on the shoulder, with a high five, with a fist bump, validate them that way. Because if, God forbid, anybody goes through what I went through, where your social media is swiped off the face of the earth, you and I need to know that social media is for community, not identity. And, And my boys and this generation, their identity is in Christ. It is not with social media. And I think the onus is on me to pour that into them. That's great. That's great. That's great. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I I I, um, I want to give us uh, just just one last uh, comment, one last minute um, with telling people how they can get involved. Again, I'm going to have show notes that's going to have uh, your websites, your social media handles. But if there's anything specifically uh, that, that you want to say, I want to give you that moment now each uh, person. And I also want to ask you uh, if there's any other ministry pivot, right? I've done probably eight of them at this point, and I'm I'm still getting more that I'm, I'm writing through. Uh, but if there's any other pivot that we need to be mindful in this season uh, beyond self-care that you want to say a little bit about, I, I want to give you that that moment now uh, as well. So uh, let, 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 let's start with Pastor Heather. Can we start with you? And then we'll just kind of go around. Um, I guess my last thing would be that if anybody ever sees me post, please pray for this person's family who committed suicide. Please pray for them because um, I post that stuff a lot because this week alone, I have had five families that have had on suicide that I've been dealing with. And the burden is, is, is a lot, but I believe in the power of prayer. And the more people that pray for these families and victims that are left behind, the better chance they have of turning their life toward the King. Amen. 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 Yeah, I would say um, that for anyone who, if you follow me on Instagram, I'm on Instagram every day. Um, I, it's I, there is a community of people that are on there uh, that that follow me. We pray on Tuesday mornings. Um, we we really gather around this concept of legacy. And if you really need uh, information or you need something, I, I think the most powerful thing that we've said so far is this idea of, of where you're getting your identity from and recognizing that your identity comes directly from Christ. And I think that the more we hone in on that, uh, the stronger we'll be, the stronger the church will be, and the stronger the future will be for us. Amen. 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 Pastor Adam. I mean, uh, besides following all your reading and outreach, uh, Reverend Russ, and all the stuff you're doing and uh, ordering Pastor Brian's book immediately, um, out, outside of that, I, I'll just say this. I think there's um, continually a pivot where we're starting to wake up and realize there's a real distinction between talent and character. Mm-hmm. And um, and if we haven't seen it in the last two weeks uh, with, with some very, very famous people and two very different spheres of ministry, um, you know, I mean, listen, there is a there is a huge difference between character and what comes out of the secret place, what comes out of the place um, of, of being alone with the Lord. You know, David couldn't knock down Goliath in public without without handling the bear and the lion in private. And so um, I, I think I think there's a pivot in that that is is causing us to look more and more 
away from just the sheer talent and charisma of somebody and look at the character and the anointing of an individual and um, and, and and whether or not, what, what really qualifies you for ministry. So. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you all again for getting on uh, Ministry Pivot again. Uh, we will outline uh, in the show notes all the stuff that you heard. Well, not everything. You got to listen to the uh, this podcast. You got to watch uh, the thing, but we're, we're the, w- w- watch the conversation. But uh, we're praying for you as it concerns uh, your self care. It is important uh, that you take care of yourself and take care of yourself. Uh, your family uh, needs you. And then, of course, your ministry needs you. But I said your family needs you uh, first. I believe uh, that after God, your first ministry is your uh, family. And then uh, everyone else can be a, a beneficiary of uh, what the overflow is. Don't forget to subscribe uh, to Ministry Pivot on YouTube. Don't forget to join the mailing list on ministrypivot.com. Uh, and of course, don't forget to uh, subscribe or rate uh, the podcast wherever you're listening uh, to it so that uh, others can see it and hear it uh, as well. I want to thank God again for uh, all of my guests, uh, Pastor Heather, uh, Pastor Brian, Pastor Adam. I uh, appreciate you all. Thank you all for taking time uh, out of your day to share with us. Uh, and we look forward uh, to seeing what God is going to do in each of your lives as you uh, have poured out today. Uh, again, thank you all for watching Ministry Pivot. Uh, looking forward to the next episode. Uh, see y'all. Uh, God bless. God bless y'all. Bye.